Welcome to today's podcast brought to you by MarketScale. I'm Sean Heath. Today's conversation gives me the opportunity to talk to Captain John Yovanovich with the City of Arlington, Texas Fire Department. Captain, how are you today? I'm doing great, Sean. about yourself? This is kind of a dream come true to get to talk to an actual firefighter, but you're a little more than that. So do me a favor, just to set the record straight from the beginning, please give me a little bit of your background and how you actually became a firefighter. Well, I actually became a firefighter accidentally. I was pursuing a career in law enforcement and was actually uh, volunteering with a local metropolitan police department. And a friend of mine who was also volunteering in doing this, trying to obtain jobs eventually, he said, hey, I'm also a volunteer firefighter. Why don't you come down to the fire station with me on Tuesday for drill night and see what we do? I said, okay. So next thing you know, I'm volunteering at the fire department and gave up the whole law enforcement gig and uh, ended up transitioning and figured out one day that, hey, you know what? I could get paid for this too. So uh, while I'm still a volunteer and have been since 1997, I'm also a career firefighter and have been since uh, 2001. One thing that that I found very interesting about the the term firefighter, that's not really the only skill set you have. You also have paramedic certification as well, right? Absolutely. When I started in the fire service, I was just a firefighter. We didn't do a lot of EMS, but I soon realized that that's the bulk of what we do. Over 80% of our call volume in just about any fire department is medical. Uh, We are the first and most available to be on scene in a medical emergency or a car accident or something else that requires medical care. So that's, uh, we've noticed that, you know, our call volume is that. We're really, firefighters a misnomer. We really are all hazards mitigation responders because between firefighting, we also have a EMS, which is our huge chunk. And then there's also hazardous materials. There's technical rescues. There's water rescues. There's many, many hats that we wear uh, that's all encompassing, which is more than just that of a firefighter. Okay, that brings me to my next question. So before you became a firefighter hazard mitigation officer, before you became basically a superhero, (laughs) you had experience working as a security field training officer. Uh, You are now a paramedic and an instructor. So you're kind of wired to teach, to utilize information and help improve the performance of other people. That's kind of what you do. How have you used technology sort of on a daily basis to help you accomplish that? Technology is intertwined in everything we do. Uh, when I started, we used to use paper reports on, with the carbon paper. And that's how we would get a copy for our agency and we'd have a copy to send off to uh, the county. But uh, that's morphed. Now we use computer-based software for doing our reporting, to, and which is soon going to morph to cloud-based. We're able to use technology to do, do training. As you mentioned, I'm an instructor. A lot of our instruction now, our trainings have morphed from, you know, in person sitting in a classroom to we'll be doing trainings online. Uh, there's many different uh, sources available for that. And we do a lot of ours in-house. Uh, just everywhere you turn, there's more technology. So as you start using more and more technology, do you see any trends happening in the industry? Yes. Uh, when initially it was any type of technology was you know, horrible. We didn't want anything to do with it. And we would be very resistant to change. Uh, there's a uh, saying in the fire service, uh, 200 years of tradition unhampered by progress. Well, we looked at the progress as technology. That was the new progress coming. But now we're all embracing it. And we're realizing that technology can be a great tool to help make our jobs easier and actually help us be uh, more productive and actually able to be more successful in our missions. I understand the hesitation at bringing in and literally placing the dependence on technology. So that is totally logical to me. You you can't just bring any 
whatever gizmo into such a critical situation as you work in on a daily basis, unless that thing has been properly tested. It is 100%. It has to be ironclad. You can't have something with batteries going out in the middle of using it. You just, you don't have that. It's not, it, it's not an open for discussion. It's not an option. It cannot happen. So I would imagine that the increase in, for example, battery life and water protection and sturdiness of technology, I would imagine those sort of trends are something that you keep an eye on pretty closely. Definitely. And again, with everything, we always make sure we have backups. Uh, there's always a system or many systems to back it up. When I was an apparatus operator driving the fire engine and fire trucks, Sure, we had the MDCs to tell us, mobile data computers to tell us where we're going to go, give us our address. We had a com computer printout that would pop up with a map and the address. But I also kept a pencil and notepad next to my bed just in case it all failed. I can write down the address and start figuring out the instructions on our paper map on the wall. Okay, so let's, let's take the next logical progression from that. GPS has become ubiquitous. It is in everything that we do on our phones these days. That has played a major role in the evolution of firefighting and in emergency services. How has that evolved for you over the years? Initially, when I entered the public safety, uh, GPS was non-existent. We didn't use it. And then slowly it came into the wildland firefighting arena where people would be very far from roads and out in the middle of nowhere and they needed a way to identify their location. And then medical air operations where we bring in uh, helicopter ambulances. We would be asked to provide a GPS coordinate, but we didn't know how to read them. We just read whatever showed up on the screen. Now, our GPS is in everything we do, from our smartphones that everyone carries around. The GPS initially, when people would call 911, they would triangulate off of the cell phone towers and get us within half a mile or three-quarters of a mile of where somebody was. Now, with our smartphones, it's down to feet they can get us down to 10 or 15 foot from where someone is calling uh, based on GPS and the phones. Uh, our computer-aided dispatch software programs, they use GPS location of the person that's calling 911 and our location of our apparatus to figure out who will be the fastest apparatus to get to the emergency. I have to ask this question because it's really something I've always wanted to know. How do you really get those fire trucks that shiny? Are you just polishing the thing 17 hours a day? Uh, sometimes, yes. Uh, part of that is pride. Uh, in public safety, particularly in the fire department, we take pride in everything we do. And one way that we show our pride is making sure our apparatus are clean. Part of that lends to attention to detail, to ensuring that everything we do, we're paying attention to make sure we don't miss the smallest things. One way that we show that and we practice that is by keeping our rigs clean inside and out. And an extra coat of wax doesn't hurt. I was really hoping that because you guys are so technologically advanced, you would say you have some sort of secret robot that does that for you. But elbow grease works too. There's a there's a level of respect that comes along with elbow grease. Although I can never get my car that shiny. So I'm just saying, if you guys had some free time, you could probably open a car wash and make a mint. <laughs> I'm just saying. I, you know, with all the free time that you have, right? That, 
That's a good business model. I'll have to look into that. We've talked about how we got here and the changes that have happened in the industry and, and technology here. I'd like to talk a little bit about the future and maybe some innovations that you have seen or that you're aware of that you really think is a really good direction that the industry is moving in, or maybe some initiatives that integrate those innovations with technology, with existing sort of formats or protocols that will help make your job easier. There are many things that are happening, as with all technology anywhere in the world, things happen at a rapid pace, and it's an exponential speed. Uh, things are just speeding up faster and faster. We're seeing a lot of migration of our software and our large computers uh, turning into cloud-based, where we can now take the computer or even a smartphone or a tablet and being able to take those on incidents with us to emergencies use those as references to look up information or document the incident, particularly on our medical calls, uh, being able to do our patient care reporting right at the patient's side. That lends to a lot less errors in, in reporting than what we may have seen back in the old paper days when we have to wait to go back to the station and write down what we think we remembered. Uh, some other things we're seeing is uh, location services. You know, like we talked about earlier, GPS is triangulating down to, to the feet. We're starting to find technologies that can actually transmit that into buildings and being able to track firefighters wherever they're at. Uh, when we have uh, several firefighters a year are killed being lost or trapped in structure fires, now we can know exactly where they're at and be able to get help to them. And we're seeing that just in the next few years. That'll be mainstream, where that'll be with every access to every firefighter for that. We're also seeing uh, with our computer-aided dispatching, being able to send layers so we can understand that you know, not every call is the same, not every unit's the same. We can start sending different apparatus based on what the need is and send the right people instead of just the closest people. And when you talk about layers, is that what a lay person would basically know from a movie or a TV show as a one alarm, two alarm, three alarm? Is it that sort of categorization? Is that what you mean when you say layers? It could be. That, that would be the base of the layers. But what would be necessary for a one-alarm fire in a house is not the same as a one-alarm assignment or a rescue assignment for, say, a technical rescue. Or for a medical call, the units to go to the medical call. We don't always have to have the million-dollar fire trucks responding to minor emergency calls when there might be something that can get there with less expense uh, using light-duty vehicles. Uh, squads. Remember the old John, Johnny and Roy from Emergency? Of course. Uh, those are coming back around. Uh, they can get there. They're more agile and they don't cost near as much to operate and they get there in the same amount of time even though they might be a farther distance away. So the advance of technology not only helps you be more efficient and effective in your job, sounds like it's something that can be used to help manage and maintain costs which can then be applied to further improving your services, your training. So it sounds like a pretty good marriage. Yeah, yes, it is. Very much so. This has really been an honor. It's, it's very cool to get to talk to an actual superhero. <laughs> I don't get to do that very often. So this has been a pleasure for me. And I want to say that today I have had the opportunity to speak with Captain John Yovanovich with the City of Arlington Fire Department. Captain, thank you so much for your time. It was my pleasure, Sean. You have a great day. Thank you. I will do that. I hope you have a wonderful day as well, and I look forward to talking to you again down the road.